When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, this is Adam. Just a heads up that we had some weirdness with this week's episode. Specifically, for some reason it just stopped recording after 40 minutes or so. Unfortunately, that means the part where the group read your comments is lost to history. But don't fret, I just went back and answered them all myself. Sorry for the inconvenience. Enjoy the show! El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I'd come on this show to defend those opinions. But now I don't do any of that shit, I just do this show. Joining me today, he's my co-host, so of course he's here. He's also my best friend in the whole world. How fucking sad is that? Ladies and gentlemen, six plus feet of walking trash, Jeff May. Also joining me, you've seen and heard him a bunch of times on the various Unpop shows, one of which he co-hosts with me. It's called The Darkest Hour. You can also see him every week on the Food Network's ginormous food. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Denny. It's going to be a great show. And we're so proud of himself. <laughs> <laughs> and we're recording. And we are recording. Welcome nice. to Unpopular Opinion, everybody. Yeah, the place for all of your popular opinions. No, is that not? That's backwards. That's not the thing we're doing. You son of a bitch. Your favorite article in the L.A. <laughs> Times. You know what we should do? We, <laughs> L.A. We, Weekly. We should make an eleventh podcast that's just agreeing with everything everybody else agrees. Popular we'll just, opinion. We'll just yeah. call it Me Too, guys. <laughs> That would be a good podcast. Me too, guys. Yeah, me too, guys. <laughs> well, we'll call ourselves the Me Three Guys because there's three of us. You see, oh, three guys. Yeah, we're just like, Ugh. you guys. That you hate that Trump, right? Yeah, me too, guys. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> that's just every that's just every episode. Yeah, you that would be I'm, good. I'm concerned about global warming. Me too, guys. But I sure do like pizza. Me too, guys. Oh. How are the two of those things connected? Well, just, just all popular. They better opinions. not be, because I ain't going to stop eating pizza. Well, now I know why Trump doesn't believe in global warning. Because warning, <laughs> global warning. <laughs> He's living a global warning. There's any, clouds, but I don't believe it's going to rain. Anybody from New York is going to take pizza over global warning any day. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's everyone doing? Jeff is here. Gross. Hey, what? No, that's not right. Our my co-host. He's always here. More like co-grossed. <laughs> <laughs> Top. Nope. Oh, oh, not doing it. Not I'm not doing it. Josh Denny is here. Hey, everybody. TV's uh, Food Network's Josh Denny. Food Network's Shut Josh up. Denny, which as we have taken to calling him forever now. That's, yeah, that's what you are. 
I know. Number one in your time slot. Number one in the time slot Food Network, yeah. Josh Jenny. Renewed for 13 more episodes. Diners, yeah. drive ins, and dives. Pretty, pretty <laughs> quick. That's not our show. It's a pretty quick. Bizarre uh, foods. Pretty quick up order, so man I'm excited ver- about that. Man yeah. versus drive ins. All right. <laughs> Yes, the guy beating the shit out of Bob's big boy. Yes, yeah, somebody, <laughs> somebody, it just Facebook messaged me randomly the other day, like congratulations on copying every other show that's ever been made. Jesus, like it's almost like somebody literally went to the trouble to find my Facebook fan page and message me the word faggot. Like yeah. that's basically what happened. Which happens. Yes, yeah. people will find you I on social you fil- media. I thought you filtered my messages out. No, nope. no, I prioritized those. I'm, I'm like primed to be the guy that everyone calls a fake geek on the internet. Oh, like that's that's, 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 that's gonna what happen. I'm going to be. Yeah, and I'm already ready for You're gonna it. Be like every girl who's like, I'm such a nerd, as she lays on top of her bed with her D cup natural breasts and her fucking size negative five waist, holding a Game Boy. Who's like, yeah. I love pizza and and nerds and fat guys, and they're just like, fuck you. <laughs> No, you don't. I asked you out. You're you're (laughs) lying for money. Yeah, I'm going to get that, though. I'm going to get a lot of fake geek stuff. Yeah, they're like, you're not a nerd. I saw a little of it when I worked at the comic shop. And now that that it's going to be in people's faces, it's really going to be one of those things. I I doubt it. Fuck this guy. I'm going to shoot him in the face if I see him. That's how I feel about you now. I doubted it at first. And then I watched you around woman, and I completely understood that it was genuine. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Did you see the new uh, Gremlins tiki mugs that Adam and I got? No. From uh, from uh, unpopular. Opinion. Oh my god! Is that one of them? Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's really great. That's what happens when you got fans in Austin. Alamo Draft House working on it. Someone so, who works sorry, at these. Right? Sorry guys, yeah. I'm not everywhere yet. Yeah, well, that's what I'm talking about. If you could try, Mason Shear. Shout out to Mason Shear for the Gremlins tiki mugs. Shout Pretty out dope. to Mason Shear. So Jeff, how you been? You know what? Uh, pretty good, actually. We've had the uh, the weekend of of, uh, of experiences. Yeah, we've been hanging out uh, with Maggie. She Ma- came. Maggie. Uh, By the time this goes up, she'll be back in. She will have left. Maggie, we miss you. Back in Flow Rider. We already miss you. She's been fantastic. So much fun. Yeah, it's been really Played great. pinball and ate fried chicken. And that's you guys went to Gus's? We went to Gus's. Right. I feel cheated on. Yeah. Gus's is so great. Did you fantasize about your life with a black woman like I did the last time? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, it was on an episode of March of the Pigs we uh, talked about. I, I just... There was a black woman in there who was quite striking, and I just thought... Like, she was quite striking. Boy, my life, what would it be like if her and I were together? <laughs> who, who was she striking? <laughs> <laughs> right. Customers. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just random customers. Everybody. That's like... So she's like... I remember that fried chicken joint with that black girl in it. She had a grape soda. And it's just like, what are we doing? What's the, <laughs> no, she, I didn't say anything this? about the grape soda. Uh, I don't think they have it there. I would have gotten it. Yeah. Surprising. Yeah. What, they kind of no should. Soda. They, we did, did they we only ask? serve it in generic three liters. <laughs> <laughs> From the Cumberland which is Farms. The only, which is the only way I drink grape soda. It's yeah. in three liter unidentifiable brands. Goes flat in eight minutes in the bottle. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's like drinking Dr. Rocket. So what are we talking about today? I don't know. I didn't read I'm the just going to ask everyone else. Yeah. Nationalism, right? We're talking about isolationism. Oh. oh. Okay. Because I kind of feel like that is... Uh, I feel like that's Trump's ultimate goal. I think he yeah. wants to secede from the. He wants the Brexit. Uh, yeah, kind of. There was there was a story going around that he that there, that Congress is going to review a bill that would withdraw us from the UN. But that's not really. That's the thing they do every. 
Yeah, that happens every time a new yeah. session of Congress convenes. Someone puts that bill together. So we don't need to worry about that. But Trump did, in an interview with a European publication recently, call NATO obsolete. French playboy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He said, he said that they were just a worthless, worthless organization. Do yeah. nothing. Yeah. And the thing is, NATO is kind of what's keeping Russia from running roughshod all over Europe. That's right what it's now. always done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I kind of, with all the connections between Trump and Putin, I wonder if that's the goal here to make it, because that's obviously something Trump is pushing for. Like he, he's made it really clear that we need to stop kind of worrying like, about other, not, other I like countries. How, I like yeah. how transparent this is. And we're all just like, well, here it is. It's so visible. And everyone's just like, well, this is what's happening. Yeah, yeah, it's not like, well, like I don't know. It's it's almost like a feeling of impotence watching. Well, as somebody who knows impotence thing. very well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I guess there there's aspects of being an isolationist country or making that kind of movement that I think is challenging. But you know, when the UK is taking the lead, yeah, and you know, th- th- this is something that I think is more of a a common theme of westernized countries right now of just saying like you know we spend a lot of our money trying to help people out they fucking hate us anyway yeah enough's enough i mean the people that hate us usually aren't the ones we're helping out no but i i mean i get but i get the sentiment i get the sentiment and i and i think it's that base that elected trump i think you know everyone wants to say racism sexism you know xenophobia those are all labels put on it but i do think the majority of people are just like hey all of our resources, time, and energy should be spent on improving our country. You don't think isolationism is at least at least compartmentalized xenophobia, though? Like a part of it is it really. I mean, yeah, but really so is, is the Pledge of Allegiance. Like pro- any kind of pride in nation is a basis for xenophobia. Yeah, like saying America's the best is a, is a xenophobic yeah. statement. Yeah. At its, Which, at its most basic. And by the way, I never forced any of my students to say the Pledge of Allegiance no? in my classroom. Absolutely not. I refused to yeah, do that. Yeah, we would have got sent because Jeff doesn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> I would scream God when it came up to it. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, God! Jeff was the basis of PC principle before he was a real no, South Park yeah, character. Oh, I was, when that fucking character came out, boy, did I get a lot of... Was this you? Was this you? <laughs> wearing a polo and khakis? Fuck you. I wore a suit every day. I just day. like that the apparel was the first thing you took exception with. <laughs> I wear that? Fuck that. I'm not going to wear that outfit, but yeah, character-wise, You wore a suit when you were a teacher? Yeah. Why? Because you're a weirdo? Looks good. Suit with a Boston Red Sox hat. <laughs> like fucking Forrest Gump. This was, I mean, this is, this is me now. I, I wasn't... Do you ever see the pictures of me as a teacher? I have. It's horrific. Your suits are very ill-fitting. What the fuck are you talking about? It looked great. I saw one that was kind of baggy. It looked like like uh, when you when <laughs> have a you never gets... seen a baggy suit before? Yes. <laughs> have I ever seen? Was that a dig on my size? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've only seen baggy suits. <laughs> Jeff was in a swing band, so he had to. Yeah, it was my zoot suit. What are you talking about? Wear the, the baggy suits. Yeah. Are you literally pulling up pictures of you teaching? It's not that no. important. No, People aren't like going to be able to see it. No, 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 no. It's yeah. fine. It's so. fine. You're fine. I just see why, you as more you of a. I just what? see Jeff as more of a slacks and rolled up sleeves kind of teach. Maybe a little er, earlier on, but then towards the end, it was a suit and tie every day. Okay, yeah. three piece with a vest. I wear a vest. What's wrong with you? All right, pocket That's watch. Cheap. You have a pocket watch. I would wear a vest. I would be like the most distinguished gentleman and a top hat. I'd wear a tuxedo every day if I was a teacher. Yeah, 
Yeah, I know. You would look like the fucking penguin. <laughs> <laughs> you look like oh. a guy who got fired at his company Christmas party. Just can't piece it together. Just, oh. just day drinking at him in a, in a tuxedo. Fucking. I would day drink like crazy if I was a of teacher. Of course. You have to. It's the only yeah. way to survive. I don't know. how. That's why you quit and went to you know, comedy. I used to drink didn't one, drink. I used to drink one of those big like gallons of water every day. And then the principal's like, you shouldn't do that. And I was like, why is it? Because the kids don't get to drink water all day. And I was like, they can go to the fucking bubbler, which is what we call the water fountain. Oh, no, don't call it a bubbler. That's what we call it. No, Sorry. they do that in Wisconsin, too. It's a water fountain. They can go to the bubbler after a they bubbler. eat their grinders. Go to yeah. the bubbler. Oh, Mr. May, can I go to the bubbler? Fucking yeah, go ahead, man. Did you do your homework? Walk? Oh, God. <laughs> My Chinese guy speaking bad English? <laughs> yeah. You do the homework? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are, actually. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, well, so you cook fair. all your noodle in the homework. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, remember when we both had TV shows that we lost when someone heard this? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, it's fine. They got So you know, back to xenophobia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back to the xenophobia. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah uh, isolationism, it's a thing. It used to be our basically our foreign policy until 1914, right? Well, yeah, yeah, for definitely for most of the 19th <laughs> until, century. Until the guys saying home walk like that decided to crash land into <laughs> fucking Hawaii. Well, it's, it's funny, though, because th- there was isolationism, especially in the 1800s, but there was also like a massive push of private enterprise into places like China. Yeah. When you think about like the opium wars that we fought to sell drugs in China, we just didn't want to have anything come into America. Like, we were totally right. fine making money out there. Like, if you look at how a lot of people made their money, it was, like, a lot of, like, the wealthiest people. Like, the Delano family, like, FDRs. They made their money through the opium trade. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's where they came across their money. And so there's, like, kind of a hypocrisy in isolationism where you're looking at trying to export without importing. Right. And that alone, it's like... Well, that's China's foreign policy for the most part. And we do it because we pay so little for their shit. Like we we'll, we make made that deal with the devil, which I am actually. Well, you know, the the biggest prop, the thing I have, yeah. you know, like you kind of get into consumerism a little bit when you talk about isolationism and sort of the the movement that that Trump is trying to make. But you know, the the funny thing about saying like, oh, we need to have jobs in America and we have to make things in America is Americans don't want to pay what it costs for Americans to make exactly. Their shit. Yeah, an American so it doesn't made work. iPhone would like, be like American Apparel's the gre- the beta- the best example. I was going to say greatest and then best, and I combined them, but it's the <laughs> it's the best example. They were like, listen, we're going to make everything. Soccer moms are going to knit this shit by hand. And your white T-shirts are going to be thirty four ninety nine. And America said, "Go fuck yourself." But they, it was—they weren't even that expensive. That's the no, other I, problem I know, too. But, but it was like they were eighteen dollars instead of twelve, and people were like, "Fuck you." Yeah, and like that alone, like it's like the people that will go to Walmart instead of going to the mom and pop. Like that to me is a bit of an issue. Like, so I, there's a there's a tough thing involved with that, right? Because you know my. My my area of expertise is not in history so much as it is in business and economics and looking at it just black and white and saying, like, yes, there's a degree of job creation that can take place, but you also have to make things at a price that consumers can afford. Right. Because if inflation outruns job creation, then you it's a it's a windfall. Yeah. Maintaining a market equilibrium is very difficult with isolationism. Right. Well, which is kind of like some some people are like, oh, you got the Carl's Jr. guy as a CEO. I like that we have somebody that's coming out of that sector. That's going to affect labor because that is probably the biggest 
that's probably the the most obvious place where wage is affecting a class of people. Sure. Um, but it's also the place where you would say, is there an alternative way to service a consumer that doesn't that that isn't job creation? It's automation. Right. And the thing about it is, is most people are saying now that, you know, you look at like places like China. I think there was an article like today that came out that said something like automation is the biggest threat to American jobs, not China, not South America or Mexico. It is automation. But the left's agenda of increasing a living wage is expediting the money invested in automation, because I can tell you, like when I was making six seventy five an hour at a video store. The cost of developing technology to replace me fucking far outweighed what it would have been to just pay me my shit money. So, but what year that, was that too? Two thousand, two thousand one, which we think is recent. I know. But it's I, not. I, I realize it's almost twenty years ago. But, but my point being is, you know, when we constantly look at increasing minimum wage as a way to to fix the economy, it's a it's a slippery slope, right? I mean, would you rather have two people making eight dollars or one person making fifteen? Well, I would also rather like that's that's because that's really what we're facing. I right? think building it up from the bottom is a lot more effective than building it up from the top. I mean, you know how Reaganomics work; like everybody knows, and they're going to try it again, even though they know that's not how it works. Yeah, that's yeah. Trickle it's down a, economics have never. It's a proven worked. thing. It was proven that it wouldn't work in the eighties, and now you know Donald Trump is going to introduce tax breaks for the t- like. It's well, that whole tri- thing trickle where, down works with a degree of. Oversight in the sense of like trickle down works if you truly structure it in a way where that money has to be reinvested into things that create jobs or create wealth for the lower classes of a company. And with a business guy, he'll you know, he'll never do that because it's an anti-government government. government. Well, that's that's true. So you're talking about more regulation. But pulling out of the TPP, which he just did, right, might cause for more regulation for U.S. businesses because you've got to make up for, yeah, the the one the thing. But the they're one, a very anti-regulation administration too. Like that's, yeah, it's they just passed something called the Rains Act. Have you read about this? No, it's terrifying. It basically makes it impossible to place regulations on chemicals. So if there's a, a chemical that's used in food packaging and the FDA wanted to regulate it, it now requires an individual vote from Congress, which Congress isn't going to have time to add. So you know, those things are just going to sit on the have list. Them so they're just going to sit and never get done. And the reason you know they don't have time to do it is at the same time that they introduced this law saying, hey, we have to vote on everything. They also went back and repealed all of the Obama administration's regulations for like the last year because they don't have time to vote on them. So they're basically saying uh, they're creating a system in which will it just nothing will get through. It's just a permanent roadblock. They're right. saying we have yeah. to vote on these, but also we don't have time to vote on them. So no regulations. But you vote on it at one a.m. like they did to steal health care from uh, all the Americans that needed it. Well, they they did this at like one a.m. to steal well, environmental regulation. And this is a thing that no, like th- there's an article about it on Huffington Post, and I think that's the only place I've seen cover it. But here's an interesting thing. So you like we'll talk about that one as an offshoot. That's a good one to bring up. Um, we talk about food labeling, GMO labeling, no, like in terms of regulations through FDA, right? That works if you take off the caps on punitive damages. Meaning, if you fucking poison me, I can bankrupt your company. If a jury right. gives me all your money, then that's that is on you. But the problem is, 
the liberal the the I'm sorry the conservative the media no the conservative <laughs> caps on punitive damages right. have actually fucked capitalism yeah because yeah. because to me it's like that's great if you want to try if you want to roll the dice and fucking give me your Popeye's chicken with steroid induced shit and I end up getting hardcore cancer that's fine. But if I find out and I can prove it in a court, I will take everything you've ever made and your company will yeah, be bankrupt. But we can't do that anymore. No, because of the caps on punitive damages, which is why, you know, when people talk about frivolous lawsuits, it's like when you when you put caps on damages for frivolous lawsuits, you ended capitalism in America because now businesses are they don't have to measure the full bar of risk. Yeah. For making those kinds of decisions so they can poison people as much as they want and they go, "Well, it's 250,000 a whack." So yeah, that's that's one of the areas of life where I feel like we really kind of fucked ourselves because you know that frivolous lawsuit stuff that was us like that was the people that was the people going I don't want them to get money for no reason that I can't get yeah well they they also saw like a lot of like the McDonald's the McDonald's burn. As an example, right? Yeah, but but, the, but that lawsuits. documentary is a great example. It clearly showed what the situation. People was. are idiots. Yeah. 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 Oh, Everyone's, she, you, How you don't know your coffee's hot? Fuck her. And it's just like that's well, not the story. Well, that was like the story of the the woman that had to like. They remember when they were like, "Woman sues nephew for breaking leg." And, do you remember that story? It was like uh, the two she years sued her ago. Own family member, yeah, sued a family, and everyone's like, "What a scumbag!" Blah blah. blah. And she just said, "No, this is." This always happens. It's how you get insurance to pay for it. Right. I needed their insurance to pay for it. So you this have is to what sue we them. have to do. Yeah. I was like, they pay nothing out of pocket, but it, but people don't want to hear that because we are a sensationalist group of people. Well, we also don't want anybody to get, like th- this is the way I described what the population of our and don't I won't even say left or right. This is what Americans want now. They want to go, listen, I'll give you 70 cents of every dollar that I make, as long as you make sure that that guy next to me don't have any more shit than I have. That's what they want. Like, that's what the socialist Bernie Sanders fucking I don't liberal people are like, listen, we'll pay all the taxes, but I don't want anybody to have more than me. I don't think that's... I, I mean, that's I'm just my... Disagree that's my you. opinion. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, well, I mean, it's a, that's it, a bit of a stretch, though. I mean, people it's a, No, saying, it's, it's kind of a crude way to put it, but it, it's just distribution of wealth, which I think is a thing that... The distribution, the distribution of an insanity of wealth, not all of it. I don't. I don't think pe- people yeah. are just saying that. Like, for example, I think it really came down to the biggest example of the distribution of wealth came down to healthcare and education, right. education expenses. The cost of our parents' generation to go to college was exponentially less than the cost of our generation. Oh, 100%. And like there's so many rules and regulations that protect like you know Sally Mae or whatever like you can't but- file bankruptcy against a student loan. They will cripple you forever and they and our our parents especially those the, that wealthy generation that convinced all these kids that they had to go to college. Well, that was that the they, biggest problem. That they, and then they and then they they refuse to give up. People don't retire when they're supposed to retire. They stay in forever. They keep that wealth and now you have a lot of educated people that are that are granted thousands and thousands of dollars like tens of thousands of dollars of massive student loan debt with no way to repay it and no way to default on it right but that was also a that was also terrible foreshadowing by for instance netta's mom's generation of parents to say you have well you just go to college you come out there's a six-figure year job yeah, waiting for fuck you. our parents yeah. that doesn't exist and that and that that's on them for not seeing that happen of like 
holy shit, uh, we're not retiring, and yeah. we're telling our kids to go to school and accrue this debt for jobs we're not vacating, and that and, and we're that not we're dying. Not, we're not fast really enough. creating that many more either. Correct. Yeah. So that it's just like, how do you know? And we're keeping fuckers alive. We're and, keeping people. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's definitely why I'm pro right to die. It's like, well, listen, we can't let the cancer people kill themselves fast enough in this country. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's. I t- I do I take a big like the biggest problem I have is the um the lash out against uh all technical and vocational like, education agreed uh, the the uh, technical uh, tech high schools I had so many parents when I was a teacher where they refused to let their kid go to the school they wanted to because the kids like I want to be a baker you know or I want to be a fucking mechanic I want to be an electrician and the parents are like oh you just think it looks good now you don't want to do that. Fuck you. Yeah, $120,000 sent my girlfriend to the finest colleges in Southern California to get a master's degree in communications, which is an unemployable degree. I mean, I'm one of the few people that got to use their degree immediately, and I'm still swimming in debt. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, so it's a great example of like there there is a whole generation. I think the entire group of people right now that are between 20 and 35 or not 20, but probably 25 and 35 are sitting on educations that are being underutilized. Right. I mean, and the real the real trigger that I have with that is like I didn't go to a day of fucking college and I got to an executive level making six figures a year without it. It wasn't without necessary. it. So I mean that that kind of alternative career pathing is something that the the economy is going to need for for us to survive. Well, it's ex- yeah, it's sure. experience over education too. Like like you know you're talking theory versus practice. Mm-hmm. But then the other part of that too is like you have this this group of of people, the people that sort of lash out against the millennials. Like they say millennials are the problem. The everybody gets a trophy and they're using the everybody gets a trophy as everybody gets a job. Well, it's like motherfucker. Well, we told them that we never asked for a fucking... Yeah, it was nobody ever. It ever wasn't. Asked for a it's not like millennials gave themselves those trophies. No, no. Somebody had to pay for those fucking. That was trophies. parents giving those trophies out, and now they're mad at their fucking kids and for taking them. And that's yeah. the biggest example that's of a good example. That's a good that, thing. But that's a generation now that looks at people protesting. But Scientology, by the way, uh, uses a, that that line of thinking tremendously to get people on board well it's to it's say brainwashing. Like, <laughs> yeah yeah oh, well yeah. They, they basically they essentially say like um the psycho child psychology created this generation of oh, entitlement yeah. and that's why they're completely against psychoanalysis uh, and and, well, uh, that and because it's fucking witchcraft. L. Ron Hubbard wrote a letter trying to get psychological help in the fifties, and they shot him down. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's, and then so he was, was like, like, "Fuck you! I'll make a religion. Yeah, I'll, bring you I'll make guys a down. religion. I'm gonna turns you into the devil. Yeah, I'm gonna have Beck hate you." <laughs> um, but like now, so you see, but that generation. This, I know this is we're, we're sort of going away from this, but that generation that tends to lean also more towards isolationism as well. But this our that baby boomer generation that sort of created this is then saying, why do they have you know, they're the ones that are complaining that people are protesting. But really, what what caused I I, I mean, like, if we're really going to dig into it, when did that start? Because I remember that everybody gets a trophy thing started happening when I was a kid. It was just like we certain participation certain, ribbons. I certain leads. I didn't because my teams things. always won. Yeah, but I, I do remember seeing them out there. Like there were, yeah. there were all other schools di- different f- from the ones I went to had them. They were like the participation trophy things. It was like a, I don't know. I mean, I think some of that starts with this, this idea of like, well, we have enough. Like we have more than enough. 
So like we we shouldn't we're creating a world where these kids aren't going to have to scrap and fight over who gets more because we have enough. So I do think prosperity lends to that to some degree because it's it's almost like prosperity combined with the naivete to say, well, at some point there's going to be enough for everybody. So we don't need to we don't need to teach them to hunt. It's like you eat too much food. What happens? You, you know, like weight. you eat too much, you gain weight, you become less useful in like Happiness? a hunting capacity. Right. You know, like <laughs> you become you become less less useful physically yeah. in a situation like that when you when you go but, through that. But I do agree. And, you know, I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan. One of the things he said is we've made survival too easy as a society. Like, you know, survival as, it, as itself. Like, we don't think about survival ever. No. And, and so it's funny because I think about things like the marches on Saturday. And, and if you go online, there's people arguing back and forth of like, what well, y'all white motherfuckers got to march about? We got the real shit. And then there's other people going like, well, if you don't know what the marches are, you don't understand. But it's like, None of us are facing a threat to survival tomorrow. So it's all perspective, right? Like, And so I, I mean, think as are... the perspective slides, you get that sense of entitlement because the perspective goes from we have enough for the kids. Let's teach them about sharing and equality and not make them hunt. And then the pendulum shifts too far the other way where then they just go, well, now we, we all should get everything. We all should be famous. We all should be celebrities. Well, it's funny, too, because it's a very, it, we're, we're talking about insulating children. Like, that's obviously the thing we do the most is we insulate kids. We protect them. They don't talk to strangers. And then we also do this whole sharing is caring idea. When you're a kid, you teach about sharing and the importance of sharing. Yeah. And then when you get to be a dub, you're like, but don't. Our parents' generation were taught, like, bigger, stronger people take the shit from the weaker, shittier people. So figure out what you do well and do that. It might be, I think, a little before. Our parents' generation. I mean, my, sort of, well, well, my dad's older yeah, than yours, yeah, I think. Yeah, Mine's my, 76. My dad's, yeah, 56. Yeah, so it's a different generation of parents. But my dad's thing was like, yeah, bigger, stronger people fucking win the shit. My dad still voted wrong. By smarter, <laughs> yeah, smarter sure. people, too. Yeah, we're you, talking a lot, Adam. Do you, you think there's a chance that, because uh, this is something I've worried about for a long time, why do you both have tuberculosis right now? Let's put all the coughing. Well, I had sex with far too many strumpets <laughs> in the 1850s while I was trolling around with Wyatt Earp. I was in Soviet <laughs> prison in 1957. <laughs> Got it. Um, who am I? <laughs> Guess my character. Okay. One of the things I worry about is that Trump is going to fulfill a lot of liberal fantasies. and But it's sort of a be careful what you wish yeah, for way. It's like be yeah. ca- because... Twilight Zone in it up. Like, I, I th- love those episodes too. I don't, I don't necessarily think isolationism is a thing that people don't want. Because I know... We're, <laughs> we're going to give them all the books in quiet and then break their glasses. <laughs> <laughs> because it... You know, up to this point, one of the one of the big compl- Jesus Christ. <coughs> Y'all right? I'm done eating pussy. I think that's what's <laughs> doing it to us. That's we're both dying. So, yeah, it's throat cancer. Yeah, yeah. One of the yeah, that's the that's a thing I worry about. Is you know, it is it's absolutely a careful what you wish for kind of thing because I do feel like isolationism is a thing that a lot of people have uh, wanted. Like the, the like defense spending is a thing you hear people bring up all the time as one of the areas when access, to, yeah, yeah, where we need to really cut back. And you know, being an isolationist country until somebody attacks us, and would then we do go, that shit. Yeah, but. I think a lot of people 
you know, we've always had this image as the country that goes out and, you know, we're the world police. We we make sure no bad's happening in the country or in the world, but that's not true. It does when there's oil. Yeah, yeah. We don't like we protect that spot. We're not yeah, going in, intervene, to intervene in your civil war if there's genocide no in Africa. Yeah, yeah if there's no the oil to is, take. Yeah, we're not going to Africa and fixing all that civil war. That shit's been going. Well, so in that way, years. would being an isolationist country be a good thing? Well, well here's but here's and here's how they're. This is where it's gonna really going to play. The point you're you have, making is no. When you have yeah. isolationism, but you also have ties to Russia, that's going to be a deal that's going to be made where we're going to be importing a ton of Russian oil. Yeah, and that's going to be the shit that's going to come to us because Russia is like what the third biggest provider of of oil to the world. Yeah, and so we're going to go Russian oil, so we don't have to worry about the Middle East. We don't have to be embroiled in battles in the Middle East, which means that people are going to want to pull out of there. People are going to say, you know, you have a lot of liberals that are saying pull out of the Palestine Israeli area and right. let that. So it's almost like you're giving them like you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Almost like you're yeah. giving you're giving away the whole. We're no longer going to be embroiled in the Middle East while tethering yourself to Russian oil, which is sort of like what what moral high ground is being achieved? Like what's what's the trade off? Is it well, worth it? I mean, the only argument I would make is that Russians aren't going out of their way to murder us in the pursuit of their oil. Did you not see Rocky Four, motherfucker? Yeah, I mean, they're not now. He was all oiled but, up. Yeah, but there's not. I don't the know fundamental- that a, uh, like we oh, this. Listen, we're in a religious crusade right now, whether we believe we are or not. And yeah. and the fundamentalists in that area will never like that. That doesn't exist in Russia. Well, there's fundamentalist yeah, 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 Muslims I mean, Chechnya, in Russia. But, but I'm saying, but I'm saying, like to the degree. Well, Russia's yeah. not as soft as we are on on war crimes. Correct. But like the Chechnyans. That's Chet- kind yeah. of a. That's kind of a sure, one of the biggest. Sure is Boston. <laughs> it's one of the biggest. <laughs> Couple of them really fucked up your guys' day out a couple yeah. of years back. Apparently, uh, I'm not a big fan of cream pies and baked beans over there. <laughs> Chechnins. Boy, huh? well, how fucked up was that, huh? That whole thing? Really the, weird. The, kind of a weak ass terrorist attack, too, when you think about it. Yeah. We really stretched out those, those yeah. what, four, four. I don't lives. know if it was mer- movie worthy. The movie was incredible, though. Did you see it? What? No, I haven't no, seen it. No, you got to see it. It's the best, best Mark Wahlberg movie ever. Oh, wow. I'm not shitting you. Oh, okay. Like, but, I'm just going to all of a sudden bump the big hit down? Nice drive. Yeah, down. I was just going to say, it's better than the big hit. It's better than <laughs> Boogie Nights. Uh, by, by the way, when he takes his cock out at the end of this one, it's way bigger. <laughs> Shaped like a fireman's axe. Yeah, I, I don't know if yeah, you know this. I did, not know how the, I did not know what they did to get the answers from that kid, but it has, <laughs> if you've seen Boogie Nights, strap in. <laughs> it's, uh, let, me, let me tell you something. That is, uh, there's nothing more sort of like when you view him as like the roles he's taking now as being like sort of predatory as him just sort of like chicken hawking all these uh, the hero stories, all these hero, these like real, Hey, I'm going to be the guy that uh, beats up the oil rig. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be the guy that beats up the terrorists in Boston because I didn't get a chance to be on the plane in nine 11. Yeah. Like seriously, like most people in Boston are like, dude, fuck you. Yeah, you're not, you're not even Boston anymore, dude. You haven't been Boston since 1991. I don't know. I think uh, I think when you watch the movie and you see him talk about it at the end, movie. it's uh, it's pretty good. I think it's meant a real lot to me because people that were my third cousins were somewhere near there at one point in time. All right, yo, fuck Mark Wahlberg. Is what I'm <laughs> yeah, <saying>. Jesus, <laughs> Jeff May is not a fan. Fuck wow. Mark Wahlberg. <clears throat> I happen to be a big fan. I don't think what he's doing is any more uh, fucking soul sucking than people getting all the goddamn dollars out of all the Star Wars that they possibly can. It's not any more exploitative to say. Oh, gonna, it's absolutely we're gonna, more. How is, is this it? what it's going to happen? Now? We're going to we're gonna take this thing that you love from your childhood and we're going to make 70 versions of every story. Did 
Did the fucking stealing of the plans need its own movie? Damn right it did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it could get it was your a good movie. So it could get your nine hundred million dollars. Fucking take it. You can have all nine hundred million of my dollars. That's for Rogue my. One. But I that's fucking, my point. Like I can't it's wait. It's way more exploitative. Of course it is. It's, it's, no it's fucking. It's it's awards bait, and it's it's putting him in the position. It's not awards bait. That, those movies are never going to win awards. Fucking Departed was one of those ones that. Didn't that win some awards? Yeah, but that had that's not the that same thing. That's not the same. No, I know, it's a but it's a fiction. One of those, I, I mean, it's a work. Of <clears throat> yeah, that's yeah, it's way more explo- It's explo- Of course, it's, it's the, a, they yeah. don't make that. That they didn't make that. That movie's not. That movie got zero buzz. By the way, zero. It's no more exploitive than La La Land. Rogue going. One. It's no more. Yeah, Rogue One didn't get any fucking nods. No either. buzz. I didn't even heard that was out. It just walked up to the movie theater and I was like, oh, they, this one's out now. But um, new Star Wars. No, but it was. It's. My point is, is it's no more masturbatory than fucking Emma Stone going and Ryan Gosling making a, a musical about the struggles of being an artist for an industry of artists. Like that movie was made purely to win. Fuck awards. that movie too. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen La La Land. Yeah, watch. but but that's I have my that point. Fucking is like I like that we pretend that movies are made for anything other than to show people the shit they want to see. And I'm just saying, I I rate a movie based on how it makes me feel and how it moves me. And the Boston. The Patriots Day movie brought me to tears, and I don't cry very easily. You know what brought me to tears? The fucking coverage, kid, because I fucking watched. I did, too. Okay. But, you know, I don't. But for whatever reason, like, you know, I see things on the news. I just go, yeah, this is what this is the world we live in. I don't. Yeah. You know, I had to fly out of Logan the Tuesday. It was the bombing was on a Monday. Oh, make it about you, Jeff. Like, like, isn't that like that's stressful as shit? I was like, I was like, all right, well, I gotta get to. You the have our thoughts and prayers. Airport three hours. Oh, thank you. But yeah, by the way, the, for the record, the Patriots Day movie isn't Mark Wahlberg saving the day. It's more focused on how people helped people in the time of crisis. So it focuses on the people that were either there to help people that were traumatically injured, or the people that were traumatically injured, and how they have continued their lives since the event. Mm. I would like to see how much money they give to those to those people or to the one fund. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't care if they give any money to the fucking people. They tell their story, Jeff. That's what. That's what we do. We tell stories. Like Michael Bay's story of the Benghazi. Uh, that thirteen hours. Did you see that one? No, I didn't see that either. Not a bad action movie. I don't like any of those fucking movies. I can't watch best more Michael movies. Bay movie I've ever seen. I don't really like. No, The Island is the best Michael Bay movie <laughs> ever. <laughs> I think we can all. There's no. We can no all absolutely there. agree on that. <clears throat> yeah. Fucking Logan's run with Scarlett Johansson. You got any? You got anything else to add to that? Obi Wan Kenobi and the Black Widow fighting their clones. Yeah. So, Attack yeah. of the clones. <laughs> so well, yeah, we're full circle. We're we were we're getting a little off track. A little, <laughs> just a little. Yeah. So we, isolationism. We we're tried. Gonna, Woodrow tried. Wilson's original. But I, I, going intent. back to the point you started to make before we we fucking trailed off. I do think there are going to be a lot of those. I, I actually think Trump's a lot of what he wants to do is a lot of what was in the libertarian ticket. So as a yeah, libertarian, the like, oh, yeah. there's a lot of things in there that it's like, I like it, but I don't know if I'm going to like how it's done. Yeah. You like know? gun control. That's the one I bring up all the time. Like we say we want gun control, but do we know what that's going to look like? Because our gun control, like our biggest mistake when it comes to gun control is focusing on mass shootings. Because those are so few and far between, th- that is not what makes our gun violence statistics so high. It's high. 
high crime areas where there's a lot of gang violence. Like yeah. that's what that's why we have so many gun crimes every year. So if we say we want to do something about gun violence, that's going to mean literally going into those areas and doing huge militarized police operations on a nationwide basis. I can fix the gun control problem in one fell swoop. Do you know how you do it? How do you do it? Legalize narcotics. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. That would... I mean, I feel like that would go... What's the black market that would require arms? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to shoot people for DVDs? Yeah. Yeah. That's gone down, too. It it would, I think, would put a dent. You legalize all narcotics. There's no illegal trade anymore. But then how do we keep our private prisons full? Well, I think that's going to be the alternative. So, yeah, at that point, for some reason, it just sort of stopped recording. Well, not sort of. It was very abrupt. It was almost violent the way Josh stopped talking at that point. That's why I faded it out so it wouldn't be so jarring. Editing tips. Anyway, because it stopped recording, that means we missed out on answering comments. But don't you worry, because I'm going to answer them for you right now. You know... It's a big world out there. It's easy to feel like the things you say don't even matter. Sometimes we don't even record that shit. We just answer it amongst ourselves. Because, you know, who cares if you get to hear it? That's what they would say. But that's not what we say. That's why we call this segment Your Voice Matters. Where we read... Your stupid goddamn comments from the past few shows and respond to them personally. Fade it out, Brett. In fact, never mind. You know what? Let it ride for a second. All right. Oh, that's always so poignant. Every damn time. All right. Let's get to your fucking comments, shall we? We will start with the last episode of this show, which was called Old Movies, because I was really tired when I edited it, and by the end, I didn't really remember what we talked about, except old movies. So that's why that wasn't a more clever title, breaking the fourth wall there. Ethan Becker says... What's your favorite Unpops episode, Adam? Mine is probably Misconceptions About the Midwest. Good question. I don't know if we answered this on the show. I'm sure Josh and Jeff both would have said something where I I do the, most of the, the talking and tell most of the jokes. I'll ask them next time I see them what their favorite episode is. I'm sure, I'm sure it's something that's mostly me. Probably one of the one of my solo podcasts for those two. I think my favorite episode was the McRib episode, just because there was so much chaos behind recording it. We had all of those people there at the same time, and we just sort of cycled them in and out of the room. And we did all of this in the middle of uh, Demand Media, where the cracked offices were at the time. Who knows where they are now? So yeah, I like that episode a lot. I like the I like the episode that, uh, any episode that Vanessa gets drunk on is a good time. Those are always fun. Uh, I've had, you know, we've done, this is our 175th episode of this show. 
I know if you look on SoundCloud, it says there's blah, 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 blah. shut up. This is the 175th episode, and we've done so many. It's to the point now that people will quote things to me from the podcast, and I'm like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? And they're like, you, like literally you. That's a thing you said. Look, man, I say a lot of things. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Locrius says, I really enjoyed Gift of the Magi, too. I'm also on CD, baby. Check out my latest album at... <laughs> but you can check out me and Jeff May's album, Gift of the Magi, too, on CDbaby.com. That is S-E-C-C. Sorry. The letter C, the letter D, baby.com. Just Google... Google our names. You'll find it. And then buy it. Uh, Locrius also says, nice major scale in thirds, danger. Quit being a nerd, dude. Uh, Clarence Faulkner says, to Jeff May, your Don West voice sounds like the bug person from Men in Black. God damn it, Jeff. I don't know what Jeff would say specifically if he was here. Something, you know, something full of technical details about the goddamn Men in Black universe, probably, and how it's actually a crossover because uh, fucking TNA and Men in Black, and, you know, damn, that was a good Jeff. That was really good. Uh, Clarence Faulkner also says, well, I take back the nice thing I said about you earlier, Danger. <laughs> That's awesome. Maurice Rosser Hendricks. Says the hood in East Atlanta still fucks with unpops. To which I replied, nice. It's interactions like that that make the hood want to fuck with unpops. Michael Carson says, fucking amazing. I don't know what he's talking about. I'm not going to go to the timestamp. What, uh, what other shows have you people left comments on? Oh, from Get Lit. Recap. This perfect day. Jesus Christ, Clarence Faulkner. Every comment is you. Oh, except, okay, What what is the, what's this username? User 9245047940, which, I mean, that's applicable since we're talking about this perfect day. Uh, they say Wood is probably Woodrow Wilson, who first proposed what would become the League of Nations and later the UN. And I replied, ah, because I didn't think of that. But if you've read the book, uh, one of the four architects of the system that brought on the rise of Uni, which is the central computer that controls all the world in the book This Perfect Day, one of the architects is just named Wood, and they never really say shit about him. But yeah, probably Woodrow Wilson. Where were you when we were recording that podcast, user 9245047940? All right, let's see what's going on on ConnectPal comments. These are always way more pleasant because these people are paying. They don't want to be disappointed in us, even when I know they are. Just joking, we're always pretty great. Uh, what in the world? In the episode called Pet Bomacare, which, you know, you could be listening to if you were a subscriber. But uh, Alex James says, Chet, Jeff, and Raquel all making a low-key appearance on What in the World makes me long for a show featuring everybody, including Danger, Carrie, and Caitlin. But I feel like Angie's head might blow up if she had to deal with everyone at once. 
well, my head would blow up because not all those people wouldn't fit in this room. We only have four microphones. Chet and Jeff would have to fight over which one to whisper into. It would be a lot of chaos. I guess it would be fun to do a podcast with everybody from the network on it. But it's the kind of thing that I think would be fun on paper. But then you do it and you realize it's just eight to ten people. I don't even know how many people it is. They're like kids. I don't even remember Jeff's name. But, you know, it would just be everyone talking over each other or or just chat talking about fastball the entire time um we also have a darkest hour podcast with me and josh denny and charles disney who is the host of our darkest hour live show and the first of those went up a few days ago on the subscription site and we had a few comments from that rory henderson says came into this expecting a more stand-uppy format but I enjoyed this story around the joke slash business format way more. Great start. Hey, thanks, Rory. The thing about a stand-up podcast, though, which we were I think we were probably considering that at one point, and maybe we'll do it if we can talk people into it. The problem with a stand-up podcast, though, is comics don't necessarily want their best material released to the public by way of a free podcast you know people want to save that for when they have something to release or for when they're on television but maybe we'll work out a way to do a stand-up podcast at some point i mean we could still do it but anyway i'm goddamn rambling sign up for our subscription service at connectpal.com slash unpopular opinion if you want to hear the darkest hour podcast someday or right now you could go listen to it right now We had a free episode of The Monday Show up this week with Jeff May and Raquel Jason. And we have comments from that. That was, uh, we talked a lot about Sean Spicer and Dippin' Dots on that episode. Michael B. Searing says, wow, Spicer can go fuck himself with a fucking log. Yeah, probably. I bet he can. Uh, Tyler Jr. says, what happened to In Broad Daylight? That is my solo podcast if anyone is unaware and it'll be back soon i do a lot of stuff to keep all these podcasts happening every week so once i can hire some help i will get back to that soon really soon maybe next month all right now my internet's acting up this podcast is fucking cursed so I'm going to get out of here and edit up this last little bit and then post it. Then I have to go meet someone for coffee. Hey, tell me what you're doing with your morning in the comments section. Uh, As far as things we might have had to plug, probably nothing for Jeff and Josh. You know, Mint on Card, Food Network, Ginormous Food, things like that. For me, like I said, sign up for our subscription service at connectpal.com slash unpopular opinion. I'm going to get out of here because... uh. I don't like being in here by myself. It's creepy. Thanks for coming out. We love you.